Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Christ is risen. Christo, I'm sorry. I said sorry, Christ I'm is risen. I can't feel you shouting it out with confidence. Said Christ is risen. And I want you to clap your hands and give Jesus a shout of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Lift up your hands unto the Lord, everybody. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things, above all wisdom and all the ways of man. Before the world begun, above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth, above all wealth. Treasures, treasures of the earth. There is no way to measure what you are worth. There's no way to measure what you're worth. And this morning I want you to sing crucify.
you, Jesus. You alone are worthy. You alone deserve the praise. You alone ought to be magnified. We thank you today. We celebrate the victory that you won for us. We are excited that not only did you die in our place, but on the third day you rose again from the grave. And this morning here we are to worship you. Here we are to bow down. Here we are to confess that you are the king of kings. That you are the Lord of lords. That you are the only savior we know. That you are the redeemer of the whole world. We bow down and worship you. Be glorified today. Thank you Jesus. Light of the world. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes. Let me that make this heart adored hope of a life spent with you sing again light of the world light of the world you step down into that open my eyes and let me see This heart adore you. Exalted. Of all days, so 
Worship the Lord, worship the Lord, worship Him. Worship Him. Fix your eyes on Him. Don't look around you. Just concentrate on the Lord and focus on Him. Exalt Him, exalt Him, exalt His name. Bless the name of the Lord. Worship Him, worship Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are alive forevermore. We bless your name and exalt you and we pledge our allegiance to you once again. This morning, speak to us. Let your living word come forth, O God, again today. Reveal unto us the mysteries concerning your kingdom. We want to say with Paul that we want to know you, Jesus. And the power of your resurrection. And the fellowship of sharing in your sufferings. Becoming like you in your death. Now brood over us. And touch everyone under the sound of my voice. In Jesus mighty name. 
Let everybody say amen. amen. Clap unto the Lord, clap unto the Lord. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. You're blessed to be here today, and so am I. And thank God that on this special Sunday, we are here in the house of the Lord and in the presence of the Lord. And in case you have forgotten, Christ is risen. And he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, you know, there were different messages that were running through my mind to share with you today. Sometimes that is the problem. Settling on what to share. But then I felt a lot of conviction to share this particular message with you. And this morning, the title of my sermon is The Scars of Jesus and Lessons to Be Learned. The scars of Jesus and lessons to be learned. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you turn with me to the gospel according to St. John? And we are going to read from chapter 20. Or chapter 20. You want 20 or you want 20? You want chapter 20? So chapter 20 it is. John chapter 20. We're reading from verse 1. All the way. To verse 29. That is really long. But how can we gather for a resurrection service like this? And we don't read that entire story concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So please bear with me. John chapter 20, reading from verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciples. The one whom Jesus loved. And she said, They have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. And we don't know where they have put him. Actually, Mary went with some other ladies to the tomb that morning. 
but here she was singled out. Because a lot of the things surrounded her. So that is why she said, we don't know where they have put him. She didn't say, I don't know where they put him. Because they were a number of them. Peter and the other disciples started out for the tomb. They were both running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. And this disciple was John the Beloved. He is the one who wrote the gospel according to St. John. And it's the same John who wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John and the book of Revelation. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white robed angels. One sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. And I'm always moved by the response that she gave. She said, because they have taken away my Lord. They have taken away my Lord. She didn't say they have taken away the Lord. She didn't say they have taken away our God. But she personalized it. And it reveals somebody who had a personal and an intimate relationship with Jesus. Note that everybody else had gone. But she remained. And she was weeping. And she was very distressed. Because she couldn't find her Lord. I pray that our relationship with Jesus, Jesus. will be very intimate. Amen. That we will personalize our relationship Amen. with him. That he will not just be our father which is in heaven. Yes. But he will be my father amen. who lives in heaven. Amen. Can I hear an amen from amen. somebody? Amen. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus. But she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, 
Why are you crying? Jesus asked him. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, and at this point, she recognized him. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni! Which is Hebrew for teacher. Or teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them. I am ascending to my Father and your Father. To my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them. I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Hallelujah. Amen. Now before I continue, I just want to make a comment or two. Jesus, when he rose up from the dead, even before he had gone to show himself to the Father, he revealed himself to this woman called Mary Magdalene. She was the first person to see him. Jesus did not reveal himself to Peter. Initially. Nor to John. Nor to James. Because these were the closest of the disciples to him. But he didn't reveal himself to them. Neither to Bartholomew. Or Nathaniel. Especially not to Thomas. I saw my, my Thomas be at the back. Ah, there you are. He didn't reveal himself to them. And you have to understand something about women in those days. In those times, women had a very low status in the society. They were like second rate citizens. Such that if you have a court case, you can't have a woman come to give testimony. The court will not accept it. So that was how they were treated in those days. And it was a cultural thing. And unfortunately, we have a bit of that in some of our Ghanaian cultures and tribes. It is therefore very strange that of all the people that Jesus wanted to commit the story of his resurrection to, he chose a woman. And women, you are very special. I said you are very special. 
Don't let anybody disregard you and treat you like nothing. The other interesting thing about Mary Magdalene was her background. She was a bad girl. And she had seven demons that Jesus delivered her from. Of all the people in the world, and all the people in Jerusalem and on the resurrection day. It is this woman who used to be demon possessed. <laughs> that the story of the resurrection of Jesus was first committed to. It's amazing. But it tells me something. That God doesn't care what you think or do not think. Whoever he wants to use. He will use it. And he doesn't give a hoot. What you think about the person. How you feel about the person. What's your impressions of the person are. he doesn't give a hoot. Sometimes people are rejected by men. But they are accepted by God. That's why the Bible explains to us that God's ways are not our ways. And God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And he chooses the weak things of this world to confound the mighty. And he does that so that at the end of the day, the glory will not be given to any man. But the glory will be given to God. God likes you. I said God likes you. Whoever you are. However you are. He loves you. Wow. Somebody said how do I know? I know because my Bible tells me that God commended his love towards us. In that while we were yet Christ died for us. May I announce to somebody who doesn't feel lovable. Jesus that Jesus loves you. Amen. I said Jesus loves you. Amen. And he has a plan for your life. Amen. However you are. Whoever you are. He has a plan to make your life beautiful. Amen. To make your life glorious. Amen. To make your life nice. Amen. And that is why you should never give up on yourself. Yes. Because God will never give up on you. Amen. May I tell somebody today that God is working things out for Amen. you. Amen. And may I announce to another person that you are work in progress. Amen. God hasn't finished with you yet. Amen. You have not arrived yet at your destination. Amen. You haven't yet attained to the glory that God has purposed for yes. you. Amen. But I announce to you today yes. that the hour coming yes. when that which God has said concerning you, Amen. He will bring to pass Amen. and He will perfect it. Amen. Lift up your right hand and shout, I receive it. I receive it. Two. I receive it. Three. I receive it. Receive Clap your hands and no bless said. the name of Jesus. So that's the first part of my message. Part two. Or you want a break? <laughs> ah, you want a commercial break? I was trying to remember what they call it. Which verse did we get to? Nineteen. 
That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors. Because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. He just appeared. Suddenly, they were there. The doors were locked. And suddenly, he appeared. Peace be with you. He said, and now I want you to take note of what happened next. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. He showed them the scars that he had. Here we see mentioned his hands and his side. But in another account in one of the other gospels, it mentions his feet as well. So he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is one verse in the Bible I don't understand. And I'm not going to attempt to explain it to you. I am yet to get a revelation for it. And that is the truth that all pastors must be aware of. That is not everything we know. It's not everything we understand. So I will do, I've done a little study on it. But there's something that I don't get. When I get it, I'll share it with you. And if you have a revelation for this one, please, after the service, come and share it with me. And next week, Sunday, I'll share it with everybody else. Is it a good idea? Because iron sharpeneth iron. Is that not so? Wonderful. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, my friend Thomas, 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 I see you. Nicknamed the twin. So if there is ever a time that there is a Bible quiz or quails asking that which of the disciples of Jesus was a twin, then the answer is who? Thomas. Thomas. And by the way, John and James were not twins. Alright? They were not twins. They were brides. But they were not twins. Alright. Are you learning anything at all today? Mm. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, was not with the others when Jesus came. Tell somebody sitting by you. That thing that you've been doing when there are meetings, you don't come for them. One day, one day, it may cost you something very great. Tell the person, I'm telling you. Tell the person, yo. But he replied, I won't believe it 
unless I see the nail wounds in his hands. Put my fingers into them. And place my hand into the wound in his side. Somebody say, oh Thomas. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. <laughs> that means in my side. You said you want to put your finger there. Come, come. Put your finger there. And then put your hand and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Tell your neighbor, believe. Tell your neighbor, believe. Tell another person, I believe. Because I am a believer. Hallelujah. Amen. My Lord and my God, Thomas Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. That means you and I. Amen. I'm happy to announce to you that Jesus said on the day he, eight days after he rose from the dead, that you and I are blessed. Amen. I said you are blessed. Amen. You are blessed because you haven't seen, yet you believe. Amen. Lift up your hand and say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. The scars of Jesus and lessons to be learned. Amen. Amen. Now, a scar is a mark that remains after a wound or a boil or a rash has healed. That is what we call a scar. How many of you have some scars? Alright. So that's what a scar is. Now, on the day that Jesus rose from the dead, he first revealed himself to Mary Magdalene before he went to show himself to the Father. He rose up early Sunday morning. He died on a Friday. But he resurrected three days after, which was a Sunday. In the evening, he revealed himself to the disciples who were hiding in a room somewhere. The doors were locked. But he appeared suddenly. And when he appeared to them, he said, Peace be unto you. But then there's something that he did. I'm wondering that 
Why did he do what I'm just about to tell you? After saying peace be unto you he showed them his hands showing them the scars in his hands and then he showed them his side the hole in his side remember that when he hanged on that cross in fact after he died one of the soldiers wanted to be sure that he was really dead. And that he was not feigning death. He took a spear and thrust it into his side. And water and blood came out. And you, you, you will be told that it is actually a sign that he was dead. That separation between the water and the blood. So he showed them that side. So he did not just appear, but he did something. And it looked like that thing that he did was very important. He showed them the scars. And then he spent a little time with them. In another account, he ate with them. You know, because they, they, they were quite confused. But at the point, they realized that it was really him. Then after a while, he disappeared again. So Jesus had disappearing medicine. He could appear and then disappear. How many would like some of that medicine? What are you going to do with it if you have it? Somebody that you have meant, if the person is passing by, say that. <laughs> but that day when he appeared, Brother Thomas was not there. I don't know where he had gone to, but he wasn't there. When he got back, they told him with a lot of joy and excitement the Lord is risen we've seen him the Lord is alive we've seen him he said hey let me think leave me alone which Lord is risen you guys are deluded and I think that some of you have gone back to drinking. So things are doing you too, 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 too. Which Lord is risen? I don't believe you. I don't believe it. They said Thomas. I Thomas. believe him. We saw him. Feeling. And then he said something. I will never believe it. Unless he appears again. <laughs> Then I take this my finger. Then I put it in the holes, The scars of the wounds in his hands. And feel it for myself. I want to be sure that it's not painting. Or decoration. To decoration. Then this same hand. I want to put it inside his side. That is the only way I will believe that he is alive. They said what they could, but he didn't believe. Eight days after, 
So Jesus rose on a Sunday. So the next Sunday, they were together again. And this time Thomas was present. And Jesus appeared to them. And when he appeared, he walked straight to Thomas. He said, Tommy, was it you who was running your mouth the week before? Come. Bring your finger. And I'm sure that he was trying to put his finger away because it's one thing to do pam pam and another thing to actually carry something out. I don't know whether he did it or not. But Jesus said, Come, come. No, put your put your finger in there. Then put it in my side. Check it out. Then said, Do you believe now? Then said, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. It is really, really, really. And that's when he said, You believe because you have seen. But blessed are those who have not seen, but they believe. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Now. This is really what I want to talk to you about. Why the scars? And why did Jesus have these scars? The body that he had when he rose from the dead was a glorified body. It was not an earthly body like what we have. It looked exactly like him. But it was a glorified body. It's a body that can walk through doors and walk through walls can appear and disappear. One day, you and I will have a body like that. So that body was a glorified body. But for some reason, the scars, the wounds in his hands in his side and his feet were left in place. Even though his body was a glorified body, he retained the scars. Why? Why? There is a reason for the scars. And that's what I want to share with you briefly as we close. Because there's a revelation in it for you. Now, the scars of Jesus, number one, prove that he was the same Jesus who was crucified, died, and buried, who had now been raised from the dead. The scars of Jesus prove that he was the same Jesus who was crucified. The same Jesus who died. The same Jesus who was buried. Who had now been raised from the dead. That it was not an imposter. 
Not anybody else. But it was the same Jesus. And this was important. To show that the redemption plan had actually succeeded. Because the same person who came to die for our sins. Was the same person who needed to be raised from the dead. To show that the redemption plan had gone through. And the scars that Jesus had. Remained to prove that it was the same Jesus. That it was not anybody else. But it was the same Jesus. And that is why we must be very grateful to Thomas for the role he played. In this whole drama. Because that thing he insisted on. Emphasizes to us. That it was the same Jesus. Who was crucified on the cross. Who was laid in the tomb. It was that same Jesus. Who rose from the dead. And the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is a very important foundation pillar to the Christian faith. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 13 to 14. For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. And your faith is useless. So our faith in the Lord, our Christian faith, what we stand upon, is based on the resurrection of the same Jesus from the dead. If it wasn't the same person who was raised from the dead, can somebody turn on the lights at the back? Please? If it wasn't the same Jesus who was raised from the dead, then it means that what God had set out to do was not accomplished. In verse 17 of 1 Corinthians 15, it says, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. And so the scars of Jesus needed to be in place. To give irrefutable evidence that the same person who came to die for us is the same person who rose from the dead. And it means that the requirements of the law had been fulfilled. Because without the shedding of blood is no remission of sin. The shedding of blood is indicative of a life that was given. Jesus shed his blood. Jesus gave his life to wash our sins away and to reconcile us to the Father. He died. He was buried. And he rose again on the third day. And the scars that remained in his glorified body is the proof that it was the same person who died who rose again from the dead. Shout with me, hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Number two, 
The scars of Jesus revealed that he was the one who paid the price to redeem us from our sins. That's the sign. That's the evidence. The scars that he retained. It proves that this is the one. This is the same person who paid the price for our sins so that we can be reconciled to God. Number three, the scars of Jesus revealed that he went through a terrible ordeal and he survived it. No, that is the proof. His scars reveal that he went through something very terrible. But he survived it. And he made it. Hallelujah. Amen. Number four, the scars of Jesus confirm his credentials as our savior, king, and lord. The scars of Jesus. They confirm his credentials. As our savior. As our king. And as our lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So the scars that Jesus had. Is retained in his body. Are if you like. Credentials to show. That this is the one. This is the one. This is our savior. This is our thing. This is our law. It is not anybody else. But it is this one. Because the scars differentiate between him and anybody else. And everybody else. Your pastor is not your savior. Your pastor is not your king. Your pastor is not your lord. If they claim to be, ask them to show you their scars. Ask your pastor, I am your pastor. And I'm announcing to you that if you see me as your savior, because even me myself, I can't save me. How then are you looking to me to come and save me? I am telling you that if you've lost your savior and you are looking for him it is not me but I'll be kind enough to help you to find your savior your savior he has cars in his hands he has cars in his feet he has cars in his side if you see anybody who has those cars and you check him out closely and they are not fake then I can tell you confidently that that is your savior, that is your lord, and that is your king. Clap your hands up to the Lord and bless his name. Number five, the scars of Jesus reveal him as the one who confronted pain, death, and the grave and was victorious. He confronted pain. Confronted death. And the grave. And he came out victorious. He encountered pain. He sailed through it. He met death. That all men lie in fear of. He met death. He confronted death. 
and he rose from the dead victorious. Ladies and gentlemen, the scars of Jesus revealed that he is the one. The one who confronted pain, confronted death, and the grave, and was victorious. That's why we can sing songs like that. Where the Owuni Asama so na hini to rinkada na hini to rinkada and so we sing with confidence he is king of kings he is lord of lords Jesus Christ is the first and the last no one works like him. And then we add and say, He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We sing these songs to indicate that he is the victorious one. Amen. Who gained victory over pain. Victory over death. And victory over the grave. What is the proof? The scars. The scars. The scars in his hands. The scars in his side. The scars in his feet. Hallelujah. Amen. And then the last one. The scars of Jesus serve as evidence that the price has been paid for our sins. And now we have peace with God and are reconciled with him. The scars of Jesus serve as evidence that the price has been paid for our sins. And now we have peace with God and are reconciled with him. Hallelujah. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, the price for our sins has been paid. And they were paid by this Jesus. Same person who was crucified. Same person who was buried or laid in a tomb. Same person who rose from the dead. And we know that it was him because he has the scars to prove that it was nobody else but it was he alone. So we can sing. I like the song also. He paid the debt he did not owe. I owe the debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Now I can sing a brand new song. Amazing grace. Lord Jesus. 
Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. Clap your hands. He has paid our debt. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what do all these have to do with you? What is the lesson in this for you and I? How can we relate to the scars of Jesus? A few things and I close. The first thing that I want you to understand is this. That every one of us has a scar. Every one of us. Once you live in this world, and once you've walked the face of this earth, you have a scar. Hallelujah. Amen. How did we get these scars? From difficult experiences. From painful situations. From extreme challenges we encountered. Some of the scars that we have are from mistakes that we made. But everybody has a scar. Your master has scars. And so do you. Number two. There are different kinds of scars in this life. There are physical scars. There are emotional scars. There are mental scars. There are spiritual scars. There are ministry scars. If you're somebody who does ministry, you may have scars from the ministry work that you were involved in. I'm smiling because I know what I'm talking about. There are some scars that are marital scars. There are people who have scars from their marriages. Relationship scars. You can have scars from the relationships you can have financial scars. But you must understand that there are different scars in this life. And there are different things you meet and encounter that leave a mark on your life. And that leave a scar on you. The next thing, some scars can be seen. But other scars are hidden. Some scars can be seen. Other scars are hidden. How many of you have scars that can be seen? Esther, where is your scar? It can be seen. It's where? On your leg. James, you are looking for your scar, but you can't find it. Also, they can be seen. Because your wife has one on her leg, you have to find one. Is there anybody who has a scar on your face? Ah, I remember Uh that scar. And then here also. My friend here was attacked by armed robbers. And they hit him with some big... What was it? What did they hit you with? The butt of a gun? The butt of a gun. Yeah. It's a miracle that he's sitting here today. Because they, 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 they almost killed him. And they cut his hand. So he has those cars. And those cars can be seen. But there are also some scars. That cannot be seen. 
Yeah. How many have some scars that cannot be seen? It's at your somewhere. That also. Yeah. If you're a woman, for example, you've had a caesarean section. You have a scar. But it cannot be seen. When other people are wearing dresses to show their bellies, you cannot do some. In the olden times, the way they cut the body, it wasn't good. Is that not so? Yeah. In the past, when they were cutting to take the baby out, they cut it like they So that one there. I said, I said, Amen. But now they found better ways to cut. So cut under there. And if you have a very good doctor, a very good surgeon to do the procedure, sometimes you have to look very hard before you can see it. So some scars are hidden, but they are still there. And some of the hidden scars that we have are in the inside of us emotional scars scars from painful things that you want some of the scars that you have are here because of what you've been through it's very difficult for you to think straight yeah if you go to the psychiatry hospital there are a lot of patients there who have scars in their case, these are psychological, psychiatric, mental scars. But they were detected. And that's why they are there. But there are many people who walk about. They have such scars in their minds. But you don't see. They look normal. Actually, all of us have some. <laughs> everybody has. It's just that the measure and the dimension is different for everybody. And I want to say something to you. You really need to take time with people when you're dealing with them. Because you don't know what they've been through. You, 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 you don't know you don't know why they are the way they are. You don't know what they have seen and what they have faced. It's easy when you haven't been through certain things to just dismiss lightly what somebody else is going through. But I want to put it to you that it's very possible that if you had experienced what this other person had experienced you will not be sitting here today and that's why when you're dealing with people you got to be very patient take your time don't rush take your time because you don't know what somebody has been through and what has brought somebody to the place where he is. There are people who have scars that are hidden. I see. Hallelujah. Amen. Am I sharing something with you today? Wow. The next one, your scars, they prove 
that you have survived some painful and unpleasant things. Jesus was able to show his cars to prove that he survived that painful and horrible ordeal that he was put through. So when you look at your scars, they should convey a message to you that you have actually survived something. The next one, your scars showed that you survived something that could have destroyed you. Your scars show that you've survived something that could have destroyed you. Because there are some people whose wounds never healed. If you have a scar, it's a sign that the wound healed. But there are people who have wounds that never heal. There are people who go through things and they never recover. People who went through the same challenges that you went through. You are standing here today because God made a way for you. But there are others who went through what the others who are going through or others who went through what you encountered and they never recovered and have never been the same so if you take diabetics for example like people who are diabetic one of the fears of any diabetic person is to get a cut somewhere because the problem with them is that diabetics cuts and wounds do not heal easily I have a dear sister she is not my biological sister but she is a sister anyway you know she, she was diabetic then she fell one day and then she fractured her legs both legs because she's a bit older about 63 she was taken to the hospital the doctors did what they could but the wounds were not healing they became infested with maggots and she was in a lot of pain so finally the doctors told her that to save her life of the two legs there's one that was very bad and to save her life they have to carry so they cut it off here alright it was a very difficult thing for her very very difficult for her but she's okay by the grace of God and the other leg She's undergoing treatment for it. Later on, they're going to get her an artificial leg. When I talk to her, one of the things that she's grateful for 
is that where the surgery was done the wound there has healed because she was worried so sometimes that's what happens even after the procedure complications develop yeah so there are some people whose wounds do not heal if you have scars today as you sit here listening to me or as you watch me in this broadcast I want to announce to you that your scar is a sign that your wounds were healed because there are some people whose wounds never healed and who never recover from what they went through hallelujah Amen. I said hallelujah Amen. I think I should end I've said enough the next one, your scars can be a source of encouragement for you and for others. Your scars can be a source of encouragement for you and for others. Why? Because when you've been through something bad and you recovered from it, if you were to ever meet something bad again, you can have hope that if I survived this then by the grace of God I can survive this hallelujah that if I make it through this one then by the grace of God I will make it through that one why do you think that after women have born one they want to go again and again and again and again now, some of them will tell you their because first experience. I mean, when I gave birth to my children, it was not easy for me at all. The pain. The pain. You see, you are a man. So you never understand the extent of the pain that we went through. Hey, by the way, I am a man. Yeah, let me make that very clearly. I have a man. I have all the man accessories yeah so i'm just joking but the reason why you you may think that after some women have had a child they wouldn't want to say and there are actually some women after having one child they don't want to have any child again. but there are others who want to have again and again and again and 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 one of the reasons why they can go on like that it's because they survived this one. They know that I can survive the other one. And then the next. And then the next. Hallelujah. Amen. And what you have been through and survived from can actually be an encouragement to somebody else. Your scars can give you a ministry. And by a ministry, I mean that because of what you went through and what you were able to overcome, God can now begin to use you to help others and to minister to others. Number eight, your scars serve as a reminder not to repeat certain mistakes in your life. One of the ways by which we apply scars in this life is by serious mistakes that we make. Wrong decisions that we make. Wrong moves that we make. And those mistakes can leave us with scars. 
those cars are supposed to remind you that trust God and do everything that you can by the help of the Holy Spirit not to repeat certain mistakes again. Many years ago, I was chewing big feet. There isn't much meat on it. But it is a delicacy. And it is very, very nice. If you have it in your okra stew, or if you have it in your groundnut soup, it is a wonderful addition. And there's something that it does to the stew and the soup. That if you haven't experienced it, you will never understand it. Park on chair. I was chewing pig feet. Then there was this bone that I wanted to because there's also something inside the bone. Something is inside the bone that as you're chewing it and you're sucking it out, it's so nice. But that day, when I was biting through the bone, I felt a sharp pain. And my tooth was split into two. And I went through some excruciating pain. It was very, very painful. I had to go and see the doctor. And I had to go for treatment for weeks. It was the same doctor you went to see. And he's a, he's a, he's a dentist who doesn't like to take out tooth or teeth. So he'll do everything that he can to preserve it. There are some dentists. If you go, any small thing <laughs> they are pulling it out don't allow them to do that to you do you understand it should only come out when you are sure that nothing can be done about it because if you don't take care they will take out all your teeth <laughs> so your face which used to be round like mine now it becomes like and when you are coming all the children are running away this doctor saved my tooth. But from that day, me and Bo, we don't have any agreement. And we don't have any fellowship. Sometimes the temptation is great. Because as I look at the bone, chicken bone, Big bone, big feet bone. I look at it, and the bone is calling me. Chill me, chill me, chill me, chill me. But then I remember, I got a scar in my mouth. So since that day, because of what I went through, there are things that I don't chew anymore. Sometimes I envy those who can chew. But then after a while, I stabilized myself. When I was younger, secondary school, first few weeks in school, I noticed that almost every day, somebody was fighting with another person. 
they will fight and fight and fight. And then along the line, I felt that something wasn't okay with me. Because there was nobody I was fighting. So one day I decided that me too, I must fight some. So I looked through the class. I looked at somebody that I thought I could beat. And I went to worry the guy. He had his comic. Book be comic. Tintin or asterisks. Many of you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But these were things we used to read. Them. I went to snatch it. And he started chasing me. Ladies and gentlemen, he really beat me. Yes. He beat me. He beat me well, well. Since that day, you see, I never fought again for the rest of my days in secondary school by the grace of God. Why not? Because I have scars from that initial beating. And I realize also that some fights are stupid and are useless. Of course, in life, you must learn how to fight. I am a fighter. If I'm not a fighter, I'll not be standing here today. Yeah. If I wasn't a fighter, I'll not be standing you have no idea the things that I've had to deal with and fight with for me to be standing here today preaching the word of God to wow. you. Yeah. But I'm saying to you that there are some fights that are useless. And there are some fights that are stupid. And there are some fights that you only end up hurting yourself. And as for those fights, if you fight them, you're going to end up with scars. Your scars are supposed to teach you never to fight those scars, those fights again. Hallelujah. Amen. The last but one, scars are great teachers. And number 10, scars are intended to make you humble. The reason why we go through certain things, the reason why God allows us to go through certain things is to make us very humble. Not to be overconfident. Not to be too sure of ourselves. When you have been overconfident, when you've been proud before, and then you had a fall. Now When you rise up, and especially you have a scar from that experience. That scar is supposed to teach you that you must remain humble and you must never esteem yourself more highly than you also. Hallelujah. Amen. How many have failed an exam before that you thought that this exam? I am definitely going to get A in it. How many have experienced that before? It was overconfidence. As you were writing the thing, you didn't know that you had deviated at all. But you were overconfidently deviating. When the results came, and you looked at your maths, you thought that they had exchanged your maths with the person who is usually last in your class. 
But nothing like that happens. It is your exam paper. It is your results. And what you got is because you were overconfident. And you felt that you were something that you were not. One of the things that our scars do for us is that they teach us to be very humble. Hallelujah. Amen. The last thing I want to say to you as we close is that don't allow the devil or anybody else for that to nail you down and intimidate you over your scars. If anybody points out your scars to you, tell them that yes, I have a scar. But thank God that my wound has healed. Thank God that the wound has healed. So as you move through this life, whatever scars you are carrying, understand that they serve a certain purpose in your life. There is nothing that you've been through and there's nothing that has happened to you that is an that is like a mistake. Or that is like a total accident. What looks like an accident to you. Sometimes it's something that God wants to use to do a new thing in your life. And today I say to you. That as you move through this life. Whatever scars you are carrying. Remember that your Jesus carries his scars. And that his scars are a sign that he survived something terrible. You too whatever scars you have. Remember what God has brought you out of. Remember what God has done in your life. And let your scars cause you to be great to God that you survive certain things in your life. It's not an excuse to continue making certain mistakes in our lives. But thank God that what could have killed others, God saw you through it. And you are standing here today only because God made a way for you. Clap your hands onto the Lord, rise to your feet and let's close today's service. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Lift up your hands and just thank God for today's message. The scars of Jesus and what lessons are in them for us. Thank you Jesus. Thank him. Thank him for what his spirit has revealed to us today. We read about those cards and we just gloss over them. But today the Spirit of God is showing us and revealing to us that the scars of Jesus mean so many things. And that in our lives, as we press on in this Christian walk, there are scars we may have. There are wounds we may have picked up. And there are scars from those wounds. But they serve a purpose. It's a sign that we've survived certain things. And it's an indication that God has actually been with us. Thank God for everything that you've been through. The Bible says in everything we should give him thanks. The word of God says that we know that all things work together for our good. Bless the name of the Lord today. Give him thanks. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the bride.
take this moment very seriously. Thank God for Jesus. And thank God for what he did for us. Thank Jesus for the love that he showed. For giving his life and his all for us. He laid aside his majesty and he gave up everything for us. Now when somebody loves you so deeply the appropriate response to that love is to love that person back. And to love Jesus back entails you giving your life to him. You surrendering your life to him. This afternoon I want to give you an opportunity as every head is bowed and every eye closed. Those of you physically present here, those of you in your homes, those of you watching, you want to say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to Jesus to say thank you to him for loving me for dying for me for giving his life for me I want to give my life back to him in return 
Pastor, can you please pray with me? So for me to remember, I want to open my heart to Jesus. Oh, today, and a day. don't leave this church auditorium without giving your heart to Jesus and surrendering your life to him. And as every head is bowed, and every eye closed. You want to give your heart to Jesus. Wherever you are. I want you to lift up your right hand. And I'm going to pray for you my friend. You want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your hand very clearly. I see your hands. I see your hands. Don't be shy. Don't, be, don't hesitate. Don't be afraid. Lift up that hand very clearly. I see your hands. I see your hands. I assure you, you are doing the right thing. It's the best decision of your life. This morning, I mean this afternoon, I'm going to pray with you. If you are watching us in this live streaming, or maybe you're watching this broadcast much later. But you know that you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is the time for you to surrender your life to him. Lift up that hand very clearly. And I'm going to pray for you. God bless you. Now those of you who have lifted your hands. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And let everybody join in the prayer. Say Heavenly Father. This afternoon, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me, to pay the price for my sins, to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me whole. Today, on Easter Sunday, during this resurrection service, I surrender my life to Jesus. I open my heart to him. I receive him as my Lord, my Savior, my King, my Master, my everything. I receive his love and I return his love with his love. From today, I will live for Jesus. I will serve him. I will follow him all the days of my life. Thank you, Father for sending Jesus. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Say, Amen again. Amen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.